Off the ball. GAA. This was a strike in a phone box. Yeah. This ball was barely in his hand and he's able to get this, this strike away. You don't get a chance to look at the post. Off the ball. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Zebo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Everybody gets over the line. Try from Monster. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. Hello folks, you're very welcome along to the Red 78 and Monster podcast for Monster fans. My name is Rory O'Hagan. Certainly a lot to discuss on today's show as Munster snatched defeat from the jaws of victory in Thoman Park and a rematch to come with Northampton Saints as well in the same competition. Who better to discuss it with than Munster legends Alan Quinlan and Fiona Hayes. Guys, how are you? Good to see you. Good, Rory. How are you going? All good now. Quinny, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, just about uh, getting a bit of heat back in my body after uh, <laughs> the lashing of rain, wind and rain in Thomond Park on, on, on Saturday. But um, no, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. We have to we have to take the good and the bad, unfortunately, at the moment. And um, after a lovely high the week before in Toulon, um, disappointing defeat in Thomond Park. But I suppose before. Probably before the Toulon game, if you were no, I don't. It's probably a stupid statement to say you you take a loss in Pullman Park. You monster fans, and I suppose the management would have taken around sixteen, mm. um, yeah, place as regards with two games to go. Given what happened against Bayonne and Exeter, but a lot of uh, a lot of regrets. I think you know you just look at Bayonne beating Exeter on Sunday. Um, if Munster got the fourth try against Northampton they would have been home in the round 16 in April, um, which financially would have been... The brass tax of this is, is you know, and we'll discuss Peter Romani's contract situation later in the, in the show. Um, money is, uh, you know, part and parcel of running a professional team and and that would have been a massive kind of coup. But look, Exeter, they lost in Bayonne on Sunday and um, I, I just had a sneaky suspicion that that's, that could happen and... So very small margins, one more try for Munster and they have a home round 16. Now they find themselves away in Northampton again, which is not the worst thing in the world. I mean that very respectfully mm. to a really good Northampton side. They're very well coached, really um, great togetherness. Um, seem to you know have a lot of great, plenty of power and abrasiveness and really you know effective players. And uh, but you know, Munster. You know, I I think it's there's a bit of a glimmer of hope going over there. Munster have won there before, but that's two and a half, three months away. Um, there's four URC games, or three or four anyway, before they'll end up going there. And uh, even really with important. that, even with that, Quinny, the last game of the weekend. I think I was looking at the table just before that last game, and I was an away trip to Bordeaux. I think that was staring at us and. God, they're playing some good rugby at the minute. No disrespect to Northampton, but when I saw that kind of change around, I was thinking this is probably to get over to England, not even the travelling alone will be less. And I think it's definitely probably a little bit better. I I watched Bordeaux down in in Connacht and they're definitely a dark horse for this tournament. I know a lot of people aren't talking about them, but the rugby they're playing at the minute is absolutely super. So I think it it is good. Incredibly powerful as well. But look, as I said, there's plenty of stuff to, to go through for Munster in the next few months, trying to get some players back, uh, fix some of the issues um, and try and get back on a good run again in the URC. So it's uh, you know, Northampton, they, they've been brilliant in the pool stages and we have to give credit to them. Mm-hmm. 
I think this the podcast is about fi- trying to find out how Munster lost control of that game when they were 10 points up, um, came out in the second half and got that third try and you think they're going to kick on. But um, yeah, it is what it is. It's uh, it's frustrating and the weather played its part uh, a little bit as well. But it was the same for both sides. I just think Northampton, um, even though they've every team has a couple of players missing injuries and stuff like that, they're they're not top of the Gallagher Premiership for nothing. And um, it was a big win for them. You saw what it meant to them at the end. But really deflating and disappointing end um, up to the pool stages for Munster. The only positive kind of glimmer of hope is that you're in the round 16. So that's that's a good thing. And who knows, there might be a couple of players back. And I think Munster, you know, even going over to Northampton, it'll be really difficult. They, they have a they may have a chance there. And then mm-hmm. they won that, they'd be going to probably South Africa to play the Bulls. But it's a really tough game. So for anyone, any Northampton fans that are kind of sneaking in or checking checking out the pod to see what we say this week or um, or any journalists, um, I'm not for one second saying this is, <laughs> a, a, this is a nice, easy game for Munster. It's going to be a very difficult situation. But it's not the worst draw in the world, as you say, Fiona, if they were going to France. Um, or even going to South Africa, it would be a, a more daunting task. All right, like we got plenty of texts into the show about the Munster performance. A lot of people wondering, Fiona Hayes, how the hell Munster just managed to throw that game away. Yeah, a lot of texts this uh, week or tweets this week. Um, actually, what do you call them now? Do you say X's this week or do we still call them tweets? But <laughs> look, um, I think we'll chat about Peter Romani. There was a general consensus around him, but um, we'll start off with Keen McGibney uh, wrote in Northampton control the second half, probably deserved the win. Munster kick away possession in both halves with and and without the wind, the biggest question has to be, will Munster learn to manage a lead in the second half of the season and stop giving away up or giving um, up positions? Um, so winning positions. Another huge thing as well. Um, I There was a brilliant tweet that came in from Connor Coonan. I think we should should look at that. Basically, he went through a couple of stats. He said he was going through the stats of Munster's four European games this season. Quite interesting. Munster haven't scored a single point in any of the four games after the 63rd minute. At 60 minutes um, at home to be on, it was 17-10, finished 17-10. At 60 minutes away to Exeter, we were 24-13 up. We lost 32-24. At 60 minutes to too long, we were 29-18 up and it ended 29-18. Still no score in the last 20 minutes. Um, and after 60 minutes at home to Northampton, we were 20-14 up. Crowley, Crowley scored that um, penalty on the 63rd minute and after that, there was no more scores again. Um, and as he said, look, after of those games, we scored 90 points, 13 tries before 60 minutes. So that's, I suppose, something the, the staff will have to look at on that. What do you, do you make of that, Quinny, as well? Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's something that um, uh, I, was, I, I was conscious of. And I think speaking to people, rugby people who are watching Munster closely, I think some people are suggesting maybe the impact of the bench is having an effect. Fatigue. Um, and obviously, when there's a bit of fatigue, you have possibly lack of control and some poor decisions. Uh, the opposition who were behind, um, 
reacting and saying, we've got to throw everything at this. And you know yourself in rugby or in sport, if you're a couple of points down or a goal down and you're still in touch, um, you kind of get a surge of energy to throw everything at it. And they're, they're the kind of game management moments that we talk about, um, withstanding that pressure, being really disciplined, not giving easy penalties for teams to get up along the touchline. Um, not forcing the pass that we knock it on and they get a scrum and they get a a territorial position on you. Um, so all that kind of stuff, when you're under pressure, it's 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 that cool mind that you want. And I just think, uh, so it's probably a little bit of, of all of the above. But the impact off the bench, i.e. The, the experience and the quality and the international quality that a lot of teams can bring on, off the bench. Not everybody, mm. but the top teams can make Changes, you know, we see some of the top teams like changing three internationals for three internationals off the bench, you know, and particularly around front row positions. Not, of course, not everybody's able to do that, but um, you know, so the injuries have played a part as regards, you know, having the, the ability to rotate their bench and kind of pick specific players for certain impacts, weather related situations, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm sure that's having an effect. But we've seen throughout these pool stages when, when Munster have come under pressure and the games have got a bit frantic, They've some of the decision-making has been poor. I probably mentioned this in the last few weeks about you're trying to find positives out of a bad run. Um, Doolan aside, that was a, a fantastic performance and a really cohesive defensive display as well. And the team seemed full of energy in that game. But I think there's a... There's a few things starting to have appeared in those last few weeks around around some of the decision making and that impact off the bench. So the 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 harsh reality here is is learning from these kind of harsh lessons of learning from these performances and going back to you know even when they go back to Northampton and looking at small things that they could have been better at more accuracy around the breakdown. Graham Rountree said it himself: kicking when they should have run. Running, running when they should have kicked, and you know, look, it's 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 obviously when you're sitting in the stands, even coaches or players or pundits, you can see certain things that sometimes it's difficult in 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 a match to see. So there's a trend there that's happened, Fiona, and I think um, if I was to go specific on something, I think the depth of the squad and the quality coming off the bench is 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 possibly making a difference. Yeah, and on that as well, um, Quinny, Dan Roberts wrote, why did the coaching staff not bring in Joey earlier in the game? The momentum of the that half needed changing and Joey could have provided that. A waste of time with four minutes to go. I agree he came on too late, yeah. Mm. But I don't, I think it was, um, I think I would have, you know, if I was making that change, I would have brought him in to put Crowley at 12 and have two kicking options there, either side of Rooks, um, taking a little bit of pressure off of Craig Casey because some of the box kicks in the second half, again, it's 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 a difficult situation when I you know I was down pitch sides um the mm. wind was swirling unbelievable. And you know, some of Craig Casey's box kicks in the second half, he's trying to kick them up the touchline, but they're nearly gone infield and George Furbank is getting a lot of time to run back. So I think we in some of the kicks we invited there, back three, Slade home. Um, yeah. They were, you know, Tommy Freeman, they were mad to run yeah. back. And it was probably not a game where you could go catch the ball and kick it. They were kind of chasing the game in that second half, Northampton. So that was, and their mentalities to attack. So 
I think, yes, he should have been brought on earlier. Um, but look, if Munster saw the game, Fiona, yeah. it, 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 again, you know, I'd love to be bringing on powerful forwards who can make a difference and really squeeze out the game and, you know, maul, um, make some really hard jars in the carries and stuff like that. But we, we probably just don't have that depth with the, all the injuries as well. So even if everybody was fit, and there's no point kind of picking all the players again, but we're missing a lot of power. And yeah. power wins you games like that in big, in, in wet, windy, tough conditions to play in. And I just think, again, the little bit of power came to the fore. So the effort that these players are making is second to none. You know, and we've said that regularly. You can't criticise them and say they're not trying. Um, specific stuff that little mistakes and accuracies are on the breakdown. You just you just look at the try at the end. Sam Graham's try. John Hodnett breaks out from a line out. Um, he was look. The option was to pass to someone running his shoulder. He decides to go himself, which is fine. Um, strong, aggressive carry. You want to win that rock and put it down the touchline and say, job done. Simple things done well. Owen Clark's clean out there with Courtney Laws. He he just doesn't get over where the ball is presented and Laws locks in there. So Northampton then get a penalty and they kick into the corner and that's the try from Sam Graham. That's the match. Some of the penalties, and you know, Finn Smith was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex Mitchell, their halfbacks were superb. And I think if Munster were to look and some of the players... Um, the way they manage the game quite well. Um, and, and you know, I think their kicking game, the accuracy around some of Mitchell's box kicks is really good. I think he's improved a, a huge amount, Alex Mitchell, and he had a wonderful game for them. So um, I think it's that's a factor. And, and um, you know, cost them the game in the second half. They could not shake Northampton off. So th- that's a problem. And I think... The urgency and the energy kind of dropped a little bit as regards um, that real urgency you need to get the breakdowns to win. And look, Northampton are a very good side. I, I probably keep saying this. They're a very strong, powerful side who are very, very abrasive and aggressive. So they've lots of players who are really confrontational and they get stuck in. They, you know, no kind of prima donna type players. Um, so I think they just made it really difficult for Munster, and uh, it's it's a, again it's a, another kind of harsh learning curve, and it probably frustrated a lot of people, um, frustrated themselves for sure because, as I said, their effort level and their work rate, and their the the you know the application, um, is there, um, it's just getting those accuracies and some of those small decisions. So very small margins, and you know what, a very good side came to Thomond Park and beat them. Yeah, I'll just read a couple more and then we can kick on. Um, look, uh, Oshin Short has O'Mahony massive loss for the final 10 minutes. Munster need to play the conditions better. Losing a Hearn and moving Coombs the second row was a double loss. Um, 10-12-13 combo was super going forward. Atmosphere and pre-game build-up was super, as we said. Um, a big result needed in Cork on February 3rd. Um, <laughs> I think we'd be looking for the all uh, European result. But yes, I think we know how last season, I suppose, South Africa game really kick-started Munster as well. 
Um, and look, this was box. I thought this was spot on as well. The in-game management was poor. Freeman was gratefully taken every kick we served with ease. And yet we persisted with that tactic, which rarely delivered for Munster. Um, and uh, look, you'll um, like this one, Quinny. We'll leave it there. Ray O'Leary, Alan, do you recall you got man of the match in Toman Park when a young buck called Courtney Laws was playing? Last weekend, Laws was the new was the biggest nuisance on the pitch and um, it showed. So he's trying to say there that I was the biggest nuisance on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <back then. laughs> That's fairly accurate. Biggest yeah. nuisance in this podcast, I, I think. I've learned, I, I, I've learned to... Um, uh, take all those um, messages over the years as compliments. Um, being a nuisance is a compliment on a rugby field, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I was probably de- decent at that. But I remember, yeah, I mentioned it last week yeah, about yeah. Courtney Lawrence. You know, he was only t- uh, twenty year old playing against us in, in two thousand nine, two thousand ten season, and um, he was he was fantastic again. I think he yeah. had some big big moments. You know, big turnover, yeah. mm. and you know yourself, Fiona, if you're doing. If you're doing commentary in a game and you're picking uh, a player of the match, um, they're the kind of things that jump out of you. A player might only have three big turnovers, but they're the things that change the game and stand out, really. Sometimes it's really unfair that we end up picking, oh, God, such and such is player of the match because he had three big turnovers. Um, But they're the significant impacts in a game. And I think Courtney Laws had them, you know. I think he's just he's he's um he's just at it all the time and 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 he's a P, he's a Peter Manny type player isn't he mm. for for them he probably lifts players around him because he's achieved so much in his career so um brilliant player and he stood up I thought their impact off the bench was very powerful and significant and um and and again a lot of um they kind of rolled up their sleeves didn't they it's hard to kind of pinpoint yeah. it when I look back when I look back at the game, there's not a huge amount that Munster did actually wrong as regards, oh God, this was blatantly wrong or this was a terrible pass or this was a terrible missed tackle. I think they just, you know, Finn Smith nails the penalty, couple of penalties, doesn't he? He gets a wonderful yeah. drop goal. Drop goal. Um, and you just start to sense then that they're just, they're, they, they believe that if they can get into the last, you know, 10 minutes of the game, they have a chance. They're going to get that opportunity. Given the, you know, what happened at the end of that first half with the, the Furbank yellow card, Munster going mm. score. Then there's a red card uh, for Langdon and Peter Romani scores. You think this is, this is, they're going to kick on here. Yeah. You know, the way it's sometimes, and we've heard it so much in sport, when team loses a player, it kind of galvanizes them. And, and that, that, that happened. But the type of game it is to go down to 14 men when you, it's very hard to play expansive rugby and find edges, it's, it's the conditions suited in a sense that you didn't really notice that they were down to 14 men in that second half. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So um, it was hard for Munster to kind of to exploit and find that that space. But um, yeah, it was uh, yeah very disappointing. But look, that's it. They've got to take the ups and downs and, and this journey and learn from it. For me, lads, just watching as a supporter, I just thought the second half was very flat from both the performance performance point of view. But even in the crowd, you could sense the kind of the angst, I suppose, and the 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 anxiousness, I suppose, building up throughout the second half. Um, Fiona, for you, I suppose, watching on, what was your biggest takeaway from that second half performance watching Munster? 
Yeah, look, I think we saw it in a lot of the tweets. It was the game management. Those little moments really where a couple of seasons ago you expect Munster to come up with those big moments, big battles. I even felt, I suppose, for me, at what was it? I think it was about 73 minutes. So you had about seven or eight minutes left in the game. There were three points behind. You really thought that they were going to get up the pitch and try and score. And they, they didn't even get really much possession in those seven minutes. Um, so it was just the game management, the kick in. I, I, I questioned that. How come they, they weren't changing that, especially with the wind that was in Toman Park? And you, you don't like to pick out certain things, but there was a huge moment for me. Quinny, you might remember this. It was on that scrum. It was 66 minutes. Munster were eight points ahead. They got the initial hit on the scrum. Um, I think it was Brian Gleeson. Obviously, a young guy will learn from this. Ball was struck back. He left it in for that second too long. You could see the ref didn't want to blow it. But because they got the shunt on then, Northampton, yes, obviously, you should be winning your scrums. But if he was able to get his hands there and get that ball out, I don't think the referee would have given away that penalty and it would have been Munster possession. Instead, penalty and then you're down into in, into I suppose those moments where you know Northampton are going to kick on from there so those little moments were creeping in throughout the second half where those tiny little errors are just I, I, I suppose it's hard to say game management but just getting the feel of that scrum understanding that ball needs to come out now little things like that looking at the box kick changing it up I, I felt like we were just a bit flat in around those areas. And as well as that, when once Peter O'Mahony left the field, I just thought there was even line out time and um, people kind of looking at each other. We spoke about a scrum. I think it was 80% scrum um, this week. But those two scrum penalties, I think it was two out of 10, were huge moments in the game. So you're looking, you say, okay, 80%, they lost two out of 10, not too bad, but it's where they're losing the scrum and how it's affecting the final score. So that's that's something that I suppose really is annoying me with the, with the Munster performance as well. Well, that is it for part one of the Red 78. To listen to the full episode where we talk more about the defeat to Northampton Saints and we talk about Peter O'Mahony's contract issue, become an Off The Ball member. Check out offtheball.com forward slash join for all the details. You can become a member on the Off The Ball app Apple, Spotify or YouTube for 9 99 a month. The Red 78. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.